Ryan, did you check the windows? Yes. Did you check the upstairs windows? Yes. That, uh, we don't have an upstairs, Ryan. Yes. This was a test. You didn't test all the windows. You didn't check them all. I did. Did you check the windows that don't open? Yes. Are they still closed? Yes. I just, how can I be sure that you checked every window and every door? God, I'm just going to have to check all these windows and doors myself. Music. Pictures podcast where we talk about every movie released by New World Pictures and welcome to the second movie of Febcest, uh, where we are watching all the New World films that deal with obsession and just being into stuff and <laughs> getting crazy mad about the things you're into. <laughs> Fabsessed. I'm Ryan. With me, as always, is Mark. Uh, for this episode, you call me Tor Mark. <laughs> and Erica. And you can call me Erica Mint. <laughs> and joining us for this episode, we are so happy to have. She's a writer, performer. She is one of the best people we know. Jean Black is joining us on the show. I am thrilled to be here during <laughs> Febcest. <laughs> Thank you, Gene. We're so happy to have you. Febcest! That's right. And we are going to talk about a very appropriate movie for Febcest. We're talking 1986's Torment. This is a place. I'm not going out there. Where something is very, very wrong. Where no one is above suspicion. Your mother's been acting really weird. Where the difference between what is real and what is imagined. I saw there was a man in my room! Becomes deadly. Now, every shadow, every footstep, every sound brings you closer. And closer to the edge. If the suspense doesn't get you, the terror will. Oh, I want chicken. Torment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 1986's Torment, which is brought to you by Windsor FM 781 Wireless Intercom System. Does your home seem to invite pesky intruders? Warn the ones you love of potential impending doom with Windsor Wireless Intercoms. With automatic squelch control, you won't have any noise interrupting you as you sing lullabies into it. 
In fact, <laughs> the only thing Windsor can't do is press the button for you. You'll have to do that yourself. So make sure you are able to reach it. Your life could depend on it. <laughs> that's a that's a long read. Boy, a lot of detail in that ad. <laughs> you know, they hey, they paid the money, so hey, you know, um Absolutely. Uh, written, directed, and produced by Samson Aslanian and John Hopkins, who got their start working on 1982's The Dorm That Drip Blood, a.k.a. Death Dorm, a.k.a. Pranks, uh, and 1984's The Power, both of which were directed by Jeffrey Oblau and Stephen Carpenter. Both movies use a lot of the same crew, including Stacey Giacchino as a producer, and next week's guests we talk are talking to John Penny and Earl Gaffari, who edited this movie, and also future screenwriter Scott Alexander. So when it came to them doing a third feature and and Samson and John's first directorial effort, since they were just crew members on those other two films, um, Oblau actually decided to pair up all his friends and uh, ask them to come up with movie ideas built around a twist. So Aslanian and Hopkins came up with Torment. However, Oblau didn't like it. So they developed it and raised the money to make it themselves. They still both worked on this because uh, Oblau was actually a production consultant on this film. And Stephen Carpenter is the director of photography for this movie. This stars Taylor Gilbert as Jennifer. Uh, one of two New World movies she would appear in in 1986. She's also in Alone in the T-Shirt Zone. <laughs> wow huh. i was gonna look up what that movie was about and i'm like why bother to you know spoil the surprise wow i remember being alone in the t-shirt zone at an international gifts a lot when i was in junior <laughs> high <laughs> so taylor gilbert she would also later appear as uh she continues to act to this day and she would later appear as mary jane's mom in the first two sam raimi spider-man films uh, we get William Witt as Bob and his sole credit. This is his this is his performance. And uh, it is a hell, hell of a job. Hell of a good one. What yeah. a good this... great. I'm sad he didn't do more. Me too. Man, he's so good. Um But maybe he did do more. Is he like Gary Oldman where it could be him, but he's right. just like we just don't, he's we so good know. we don't know it's him. He's actually <laughs> Gary Oldman. That oh my god, what Gary, if it's Gary Oldman. What if Gary Oldman played this part? <laughs> I would like No, he, I mean what if Bill would, is Gary Oldman? That's what I know. Bob is his name. But yes, uh Bob is Gary Oldman. <laughs> We're saying the same thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would be, I'm thrilled for William Witt that he... You mean Gary Oldman? I'm thrilled for Gary Oldman. I'm just okay. in general thrilled for Gary Oldman, but very thrilled for his performance in this as William Witt as Bob. Uh, you don't think William Witt goes by Bill? I'm saying, no, I'm saying... <laughs> All right. Uh, I, mean, how I, think Gary Oldman... by, I think he goes on the set, he's Willie Witt. <laughs> that's an unsettling nickname in this sense i i hate gary oldman not only for this performance but for keeping up the william the willie wit persona for so long and for yeah. i mean it has to be something they split throughout half the half the day split wit <laughs> 
by the way, William Witt apparently came up with that idea to sing uh, the lullaby into the intercom. That was his idea because he used to sing that song to his two daughters in real life. So he sang that song into the intercom. You're kidding me. Walking my dog today, I was thinking about it, and I was like, that's, no one would, no parent would ever sing that song to their child. Mm -hmm. That's a child song. Mm -hmm. Like, and now, of course, I was completely wrong. (laughs) Remember that for any of my other thoughts on this thing. (laughs) That makes me real uncomfortable. That's Uh, too far. He took it too far. Too far. Yeah. Yeah. He he, he sang that to his daughters, and I'm sure once they saw this, they were like, and now you've ruined the song for us. (laughs) We can never sing that to us. They're probably older at that point, but who knows? Also, this also stars Eve Brenner as Mrs. Cortland. Brenner, a stage actor who had mostly appeared in television, appearing in many, many episodes of various TV shows, including playing a homeless woman in six episodes of The Bold and the Beautiful for New World Television, Mm. and just a lady in Hunter. NBC Saturdays belong to Hunter. Wow. Um, According to IMDb, she is still at it even in her 90s. Her credits go up until uh, 2019, where she appeared in six episodes of Baskets. Uh, So Eve Brenner, uh, she's still at it. And she's also, I think, so good in this. She was great. I felt like she was the glue. Yeah. She was amazing. A layered performance that at first you think is like, Oh boy. Okay, this old angry lady, and that—that's mm-hmm. th- not all she is. Yeah, she even gets to be a hero mm-hmm. at yep. certain points. She really does it. Uh, by the way, she and Wit had those scenes where they're sort of trying to play Jennifer and tried to get Jennifer to trust one or the other. Mm-hmm. That they apparently improvised a lot during rehearsals during the day with the director. Uh, one of the directors and they were just improvised and like changed the script and like Sam Aslanian uh, credited them mm. with coming up with those scenes and improving it immensely from what it was on the, on the, wow. on the wow. written page. So well done to them mm-hmm. uh, yeah. on this one. Here's where you can watch uh, <laughs> dormant. I almost said talking walls. Here's where you can watch. <laughs> here, here's where you can watch. Well, t- tell people where they can watch talking walls too. Why not? <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> Nowhere uh, for talking about <laughs> this similar. It's similar though for this one because it's not streaming anywhere at the moment. I think you can you can find it on YouTube. It's not a very good version of what I found. So instead, I would recommend tracking down the Scorpion Blu-ray, which is distributed by Kino Lorber, which is how we all, I believe, watched it. Even yep. you, Gene, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, you had to you had to put down some money to appear on this podcast. I think it was only the twelve ninety nine. That, oh, I mean, they're giving money it away. well spent. They're giving it away. I felt like it was. And it, uh, seriously, <laughs> it's and it looks good. It's a good print. It, yeah, it does yeah. look really good. It's worth and, it. And and I I would say that having seen the Blu-ray and then watching the one on, on YouTube, I was like, oh, you should really get the Blu-ray because it's really mm-hmm. it looks so much. Oh, wee, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Ew. I recoiled in fear. I ran normal into response. the bedroom and closed the door and 
<laughs> fell asleep in my own tears. <laughs> Kids, don't wake your father. He's <laughs> having a wet dream, but it's only because his face is wet from the tears. I, I think I'm misusing this. Or, I, I also kids. call that a wet dream. Can also, another wet dream is something I can't. I have a explain. lullaby. Uh, Just wait, kids, come back. Wait, put your ears by the intercom. All right. It's time we find out what this movie is about. Let's go around and find out what is Torment about. Mark. Um. Uh. 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 You know, surprise this uh, question came up. Or, <laughs> it's like we do it all the time. When, <laughs> have you never been asked this about, about a new world picture? No, I, I have. <laughs> this is a new question for me. I'm not used to this one. When did yeah. we start this? Did we start this? Has this always happened? Yeah, this is. We've been doing this for a while, Mark. Oh, interesting. Um, it's it's really uh, about uh, San Francisco in the mid to early 80s. Oh, That's so you it. do know. So okay. you do know. Okay. <laughs> Gene, what is this movie about? I think, Mark, you may have missed the point. (laughs) This movie (laughs) is about family. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. How difficult it is to blend in-laws, especially Mm -hmm. when one Mm -hmm. is a cry wolfer. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a difficult mm-hmm. blend, mm-hmm. and they uh, they worked through it, and it was resolved, uh, you know, with one less in-law to deal with. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. true. You're right. I did miss the point. I can mm-hmm. miss that entirely. Erica, but it did but... happen in San Francisco. That's very true. Erica, what is this movie about? I think, I agree with Gene. It is about family. Mm-hmm. It's about blending that, but it's also, I think, a really interesting look at how thin glass panes were at the time in San Francisco. Just paper, paper thin. So, I mean, to me, I thought, yeah, waffer thin. It was just really interesting. It 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 was really a retrospective about Mm -hmm. how thin glass. It Yeah, it really puts single-paned windows to shame. Yeah. You know, it is an indictment Mm -hmm. on the entire industry. This is what we lived with. Right. It doesn't matter if you lock it. Yeah, you can punch through it. So locking it is pointless. Drafty home. These are all great points, but I felt like this movie was about the fact that it's it's important to date other people before settling down. <laughs> That's an excellent point. You know, yeah. I'm not saying you have to play the entire field. I'm just saying, take a look around. Date a yeah. couple of people. Mm-hmm. Just meet a couple other people. You never know. It could save yeah. your life. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, let's get into letter the letterbox synopsis. Uh, Gene, are you on Letterboxd? No, I am not. Okay, well, look it up if it's something you're interested in. If you like to log all the movies you watch, so then you can. I know. I really look at feel them like I've later the and, I've been told. and read your thoughts and go, "Oh, that's what I thought about this movie. Aren't I clever? Or <laughs> that's not so clever. I should improve that little thing I wrote two years ago." That's what Letterboxd is. I'm the next Ebert. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, skipped right over Siskel. Just fuck Siskel. Only Ebert. That's all we care about. Yeah. (laughs) There's there's people that don't even understand what Siskel is. They're like, do you mean Roper? Right. (laughs) That's That's true. It is true. I mean, I think that Roper is where they jump the shark. But, you know, that's that's just my opinion. (laughs) 
the subtext of that comment is that Siskel dying is also when they jump the shark. But, you know, <laughs> yes. that's depends how you Mark, want to look at Mark it. Mark loved Siskel. <laughs> yeah. I love the shit out of Siskel. Well, I wanted to be Siskel. He was Mark Siskel. Hate, this is how Mark learned to hate movies. Because Siskel was very prickly and difficult to please. I did. I Mark did. was like, I like that. Yeah. I like, I like this that guy. guy. Mark, you're a total Siskel. <laughs> <laughs> You're a real Siskel uh, yeah. is the t-shirt. For sure. For sure. Okay. Um, Wait, was he the one that had the mustache? No. <laughs> you just did, just for the people listening at home, you made it look like he had a handlebar mustache, but you're using your two fingers to slide over your upper lip and then down the sides of your mouth. And I don't think either of the men handlebar mustaches, even if we dated back to the very beginning. <laughs> who, who am I thinking of? I then? don't know. You're thinking of Gene Shallot. That's who oh, Gene Shallot. <laughs> and I am definitely not a shallot. I am not a shallot. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky for us. Funny, like, I don't know. I kind of like Tormund. I thought it was a very well crafted thriller. Well, I think it was kind of stupid. <laughs> That's the guy. That's <laughs> <laughs> dusting off the shallot. It's been a few years. All right, let's get into the letterbox synopsis, which is actually uniquely accurate for letterbox. Oh. A detective sets out to capture a psycho who kills women. But the psycho turns the tables and goes after the detective's girlfriend. Oh. Um, well, that's yeah. true. I guess that's I mean, all true. Yeah. That's all true. It's, you it know, is. it's lacking in a few details, but that's okay. Yeah. I, don't, I didn't, it doesn't mention the glass, does it? Did not mention <laughs> any glass. No. no. Did it talk about the, the that Muni font and how awesome it is? Because, I mean... That, no, I think that's a big part of the movie. That is very cool. Yeah. The muni font is is very cool. Were the many elaborate telephones? Yes, in that house. Yes, the many very elaborate telephones. Yeah, it made what me is want that one. thing that was around the mm-hmm. telephone. It was like it was like they covered it in lace or something. A gilded cage. <laughs> it was like golden lace. Yeah, mm-hmm. she really had ornate telephones it was odd. that's when you know you made it you get an ornate telephone and she had that one with the receiver that went like right up to her lips oh yes yeah <laughs> that really yeah she was holding it and it was yeah. like right there like right on right where her right. handlebar mustache is <laughs> right. Handlebar. right in the sweet spot <laughs> 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 all right so let's get into this uh we meet right away talking about uh willie witt we meet bob who's living in a motel room and calling into a radio show on kkrr radio station in san francisco now becomes clear pretty fast that bob is not well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. uh i think we need to address something right away Talk of the town as a talk show with no topics. Well, you just might have call been a Friday. in and you talk yeah. about anything. Yeah, on Fridays you can have open lines. You can have open line Friday. A lot of DJs do that, so I'm going to give that one a pass. Wow, I buy. That. I loved it. 
I'm more concerned about where he is in his age. And I'm going to assume he's maybe mid fifties. Yeah. And the state of his bedroom is that's, I I feel like he's, he's maybe made a couple poor choices in life (laughs) that didn't get him a better bedroom and certainly a better bed. (laughs) Deposit back. And the, the back. He has that do not disturb thing up for a while because she needs to come in and make up that room. It's not, it's not good. He's got to wake up every morning with bad back problems because of that bed. Just there's mm-hmm. no support. Yeah. So, I mean, that's yeah. that's that's the issue I have right out of the gates. What about the fact that he's kind of like an OG incel? Um, yeah, oh. he is. <laughs> Where yeah. he's like calling up to complain about women and their promiscuous ways. And they, <laughs> women didn't used to be like that. They used to respect me and like me. Or yeah. whatever. Like he's not using those exact words, but he's very... Yeah. His, anger toward women is like i'm like oh that reminds me of today <laughs> yeah he, he says that during the call he says oh i guess we're now supposed to call them women and right. i was like what did we just start in the early 80s calling the women? babes i it, to me i was like oh no that that was to me uh the first twist because it's when he started sure. and he oh, first yeah. called in he was like you know i um you get older and you get to a certain point, you're just irrelevant. And I was like, damn, this is hitting hard. <laughs> yes. Right. I fe- yeah. I'm super irrelevant. Yeah. And then he launched the lady thing and I was like, oh, uh-oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh. No, it definitely tells you like, oh. He's uh-oh. not doing well. <laughs> I'm just saying Open Line Fridays invites chaos. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, as much as uh, the, the DJ seemed a little thrown and a little like, mm-hmm. oh, uh, what do you mean? I'm like, dude, this is your program, which is just open well, season. So you invited. Yeah, that's why you get a screener. Come on, you got to get yes, a screener. On right, this. and they yeah. did a poor job here. They're getting someone's right. getting fired. But I love that opening. I thought that was very like just a cool yeah way to start. Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and also like we break up the call mm-hmm. with the date, and you yeah. see like you know dating in San Francisco not any easier in the early 80s than it was when I was there in the 90s. (laughs) Still tough. Still tough, guys. (laughs) Just, I loved it from that first scene where he's in the bar carrying the two beers through. Mm -hmm. And and I'm like, I just love seeing, like, it's not a documentary, I understand that, but I was like, oh, it's like, that's what it was like. (laughs) I was totally like, look at this realistic slice of pie here. Um, but then, yeah. Yeah, it does a good job of sort of setting the scene. Mm-hmm. And and it's interesting that we start the movie with Bob and we get a lot of layered bits of Bob Bob's world. But then we kind of switch narrators. We kind of like float through a couple different ones because uh, we learn that Bob, again, is not well, mm-hmm. and he doesn't handle rejection super well, mm-hmm. and he doesn't take another guy giving him some grief about his rejection well either. No, he does not. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think he could have handled the situation differently, but at face value, there, it, when you take someone out on a date and you go to get beers and suddenly she is she he or she is suddenly enamored with someone in the 10 minutes that you went to get a beer, you do, that does bring up a point where you say, were we on a date? Should, yeah. Am I, are we still on a date? 
Do I, do I, are these my beers? I think she didn't but, think you know, it was a date because she's like, we just went out for beers. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think oh. she didn't her, think it was a date. I think they had, they both felt differently about what it was, but it was totally, it was very rude of her, I will say. For sure. I, yeah, I would yeah, say yeah. it's more rude of, of him, the other guy, and ultimately yeah. yes, very yeah, rude yeah. of, of, yeah, of, of Bill or, or Bob, you know, <laughs> how he handles it, but. And and in in some ways though, I also the guy that steps in, I also always find it funny when they're like, "Do you want to go someplace we can talk?" Like you're in a bar with like loud music, like you came out there for like, what did you think was going to happen if you met anyone? Be like, "Let's get out of here. We'll meet here and then get out." I always find that funny. Brian, that's code for we're going to go. We're going to what? Do you want to go somewhere where we can talk? It's like, do you want to go somewhere? No, where they're we like, they want to go sex. to a library. That's what I would always do. And then, um, like I said, dating in San Francisco is difficult, guys. You go from a loud place and you go to a nice quiet spot. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like a good bookstore or, you know, or, or Tower or Records. Hallmark or Tower Records. Yeah, but then I'm going to start looking around for records and movies. I I'm can't not here to myself. talk anymore. You're like, what do you like? I'll try to make conversation, but I'm looking. I'm looking for some sweet DVD deals. <laughs> the DVD 90s. Deals. This is the 90s. DVD so. deals. Uh, and there's so many good stuff at Tower. I mean, come on, guys. Uh, but we float through different protagonists. Oh, what was I going to say about that guy? Oh, he wanted to go somewhere else. But uh, but also, I had to give it up to him because he made a connection with her like so fast. It's that his job as a Porsche salesman. I mean, what lady yeah. doesn't want a piece of that? Yeah. <laughs> You could be portion around town all night long. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. you know where it's quiet? My Porsche. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My Porsche is super quiet. That's not what he sounded like. That was a terrible no, impersonation. Were you, was that your Jean Charlotte? <laughs> Everyone's Gene Challenge should be whatever they want it to be. I don't think I'm not trying to limit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Thank you for putting your hands on top of your own glasses around your eyes, so that I could imagine what glasses would look like while you're wearing glasses. (laughs) Um, So. As I was saying, we switch narrators uh, a lot in this because we go from Bob and we sort of then go to uh, Warren Lincoln. He's the actor who is playing Michael. He was also in The Power in a larger role, so I was excited to see him. And then he disappears. He does his two movies and then he's done. He he literally has disappeared. Hmm. Scott Alexander was like, "Can you? if anyone can find him, he disappeared. We don't know what happened to him. So, you know, calling Yikes. calling all listeners. Yeah. Um this is the uh the the true crime app part of this podcast where we ask <laughs> listeners to go find Warren Lincoln, you know, get out there, get the word out. You guys know what to do. We'll give you the clues in the episode and you follow them. Mm-hmm. Less crime, uh, just true stalking. Because there has a, yeah. no crime has been committed. We're just trying to find people. I want somebody to get obsessed with finding Warren. That's right. That's right. But now, wait, is it Warren or Warren? <laughs> Warren. Or is it Warren? Warren. Warren. It's, it's Warren. 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 
just okay, guys. Warren, there's, there's nothing uppity about just pronouncing things right. Okay, but uh, and I love uh, I love Michael here. He is our Kirkland brand Dirty Harry, and I love him for it. <laughs> he he's busy tracking down he's getting on tv even mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. to to so he's clearly the guy in charge of this case to track down the serial killer bob and then when we go from bob we go over then to jennifer his fiance, and mm-hmm. suddenly the movie then eventually falls to jennifer and she becomes right. mm-hmm. the person that we're following uh, i think that was like an interesting uh i didn't see that coming i actually was like oh yeah. here's the b plot about his girlfriend who he's gonna marry soon and then it was right, like right. oh no it was a total MacGuffin or whatever yeah yeah, uh, yeah. She, she's the she's the one that this movie's about because Michael just this case is just getting out of hand, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. it has gotten out of hand and he's got to take care of it. Mhm. Um so then it's up to Jennifer to go meet Michael's mother at her house alone somewhere away from the city, about mm-hmm. 30 miles, let's say Fremont, let's say Danville. Let's say uh, <laughs> you run uh, like immediately East Bay. Like it couldn't be, couldn't well, be. Fremont's north, pe- so I'm trying to but think. Petaluma, of, maybe like uh, you, I mean, Half Moon Bay. I don't <laughs> sure. We're, we're, okay. I don't know. I'm trying. Right. <laughs> Pleasanton, even Pleasant, you know? Yep. Yep. Walnut Creek. Valley. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to maybe. go through the whole Bay Area. Yeah, I'm impressed with your. <laughs> San Francisco knowledge <laughs> off the charts. Oh. <laughs> I was just nodding as if I understood where any of those places were. I'm like, mm, mm-hmm, yes. Mark and I were we were we both lived and went to college in San Francisco. In San Francisco, so. oh. yeah. But still, sending off your fiance 30 miles away to a house that she's never been to to meet the mother that she's never met by mm-hmm. herself. Mm-hmm. I give her a lot of credit because I, if if Mark, my the wife case has gotten out of hand, <laughs> <laughs> when okay. the case gets out of hand, it's time to meet mother. Yeah, <laughs> I can't. By the way, she helps me solve cases. Right. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. I have to she... gather clues for mother, yeah. so I can go home and have dinner with her and present the evidence. I mean, <laughs> duh. Mm-hmm. I need you to go there early, and I need you to go into the house, find your room, take a nap, and be late to dinner. Mm-hmm. God, could you just do that? <laughs> you know, initially I thought that that whole setup was weird, but the way you explained it, I realized the way that I met my in-laws was totally bizarre. <laughs> I, I just met them at a wedding. I mean, right. how weird is that? I should have just wedding? At your own, weird. At your own no. wedding. Was it at your own wedding? Not at my wedding. You should have met them beforehand. That seems weird. <laughs> uh, I should have just gone them? to their house. <laughs> By yeah. myself and taking a nap in one of their rooms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that yep. was the right way to do it. That's the way to do it. Uh, I also love that Helen goes in and shows her where the bathroom is. She just says, <laughs> this is your bathroom. And then moves on. Like, <laughs> did she need to know? She's like, hey, uh, when she comes over, just definitely show her where the bathroom is. She's going to need to know. <laughs> Jennifer going to need to know. <laughs> Jennifer. Yeah. She takes some pretty hot shits. Michael really tells me need. everything. <laughs> yeah. She needs a good bathroom. That's right. 
It's been a long drive. She's going to have had a cigarette. She's going to need to poop. <laughs> She's only had a little bit of a cigarette. She yeah. only had a bit of it. Well, yeah. By the way, did we miss out on something? Because when he does go and re- uh, Michael shows up at the house for dinner and then reveals that his mom helps him with cases sometimes and presents it to her like, duh, my mom helps me. Mm-hmm. Uh, did we miss out on the potential franchise of Detective Michael solving crimes in San Francisco with the aid of his mom? Yeah. Yeah. Because that I is a did. franchise I am on board with. Mm-hmm. Totally. And, yeah. and her house becomes like a honey trap for the killer. And they, they all have to go end up there and she does battle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because she does help him in the end. She does solve this case for Michael. Yeah. She mm-hmm. does it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She's the monk of this movie. <laughs> she is. She is. <laughs> A little well, quirky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Bob is not far behind because he saw Jennifer walking around at Fort Point. But that just because he saw her at Fort Point doesn't mean that he knows where she went. Well, he followed her. He saw her at four did, point and then followed her, right? D- but d- did he follow her? I mean, we have to assume because he's then at the, he's there at the house. So. Or he they was don't keeping really... tabs on the investigation. Okay. Is that why yeah, he was at maybe. the, what is it called, Fort Point? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, he sees it on TV. He sees Michael on TV yeah. and then goes to Fort, Fort Point. I think where, which kinda... everybody knows is the best place to ditch a body. Right. <laughs> of course. Like, everybody knows that. Well, but it's she- right there by the water. Yeah. And so... It's a point. It's yeah. a, that helps. It's, they all know that it was uh, a fort that uh, that followed... Uh, <laughs> that defended San Francisco following California's gold rush through World War II. You know? So... And he wanted to see its beautiful arch castmates display the art of the third system brick masonry and... Interact gracefully with the Golden Gate Bridge. You know, just the, every he just that's what he wants to do. That's what Fort he wants point. to do. Fort point. Fort point. <laughs> that's all I can think about. Fort point. Take a quick guided tour, which you can do when you're there, or perhaps he was looking over the area because it is a place to get married. It's a beautiful venue. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say hi. <laughs> it is a place to get Hi, Mary. Mary. <laughs> it is, it's in San Francisco. It's definitely one of many places you can get high, for sure. I really thought, um, as I was watching it, that Michael was going to propose there for a split second. Oh, yeah. When they were kind right of standing the there. Yeah. yeah, right there. And he's kind of like going through the case. And then he kind of turns. And I was like, oh, oh, no, he's not proposing. Right. Well, I he's really already proposed, pr- right? I, I can, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, they are engaged. Yeah, because they were going to go look for a dress that day, maybe? (laughs) That makes a lot of sense of why you didn't do it then. (laughs) Second proposal! Everyone knows it's the second proposal that you really remember. That first one's not, it's just a warm up. It doesn't really stick. You got to go back for seconds and be like, you still in? You gotta dip in again for that second one. Otherwise, yeah. it doesn't feel like a real marriage. <laughs> well, shit, when you approach it with logic, I guess, yeah. Really make a lot of sense. You're such an Ebert. <laughs> Thank you. I take that. As long as I'm not Roper, I'm fine. 
you brought this up, Erica, when we watched this, which, uh, so I'm curious your guys' thoughts, but I thought this was true, is that when um, he does go to that house, Helen finds his cigarettes out in the backyard, Bob's crinkled up box of what looks like Marlboro Reds, mm-hmm. and she walks in and she sees like a blanket on a couch, which makes me think he has slept overnight in the house. Yeah. Yeah. And... At, and has already presented himself to Mrs. Corlin. So she knows some right. weird guys in the house mm-hmm. and Jennifer doesn't believe her, but he spends the night because Gary Oldman's got balls guys. <laughs> and Big old balls. He's not afraid. <laughs> Oldman balls. <laughs> no, he's no. not afraid to rest those balls on an ornate couch. <laughs> 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 Should anyone ever say to me, "You got old man balls?" I'll be like, "Thank you." No, <laughs> old man no. balls. Old man old balls. Men's. Thank you. They're old men balls. Old men balls. <laughs> <laughs> but Erica pointed out, like, because of the cigarettes, he's been sleeping there. Wouldn't he reek of cigarettes? Yeah. Like, wouldn't? Oh, you definitely. Smell him in yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. You be like, hundred percent. Oh, somebody's in yeah, here. Yeah. Like, what's that smell? Like, we have ugh. a smell in this house. Yeah. It uh, presumably it's a big house. And they're, I mean, yes, that, that's yes. what I'm gathering. So, sure. But yeah, it's one of those, there's no way that you could, it just like, there's no way you can have a cigarette in a room with just the window open and mm-hmm. no one's going to know that you had a cigarette in that room. It mm-hmm. just, it, there's no way to hide. For some reason, yeah. my brain filled in a detail that may be completely inaccurate. I thought it, um, it was in a greenhouse that was not attached. It was on the property, but it wasn't. Yeah, oh. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know, know for sure, but yes, yes, it could, they could be trying, they could be trying to set it up that way because it is, they're trying to definitely set up that it's this house that's on this lar- larger amount of land than mm-hmm. it yeah. is. It, so it does, I don't know, but I did the second time through, I thought, is that a part of the house? Mm-hmm. Because it is, does seem like he's walking around and then he's in another room. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, we don't, we don't really know. With the whole architecture of the whole house is we're not 100%. But I would love to know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested. <laughs> Someone call the digest. I want to learn all about this house. <laughs> the digest. <laughs> um, um, so Bob is in the house, and of course, uh, Mrs. Cortland is not believed, but eventually we do know that Bob is there. Jennifer finds out that Bob is indeed a real mm-hmm. thing and a threat. And the last half hour of this movie uh, is just them trying to take down Bob. It's really like, you right. know, and you kind of know that's the case. Like, this is a 90s thriller made in the era of slashers, so... This is like Pacific Heights. This is like, I guess, just because they're both in San Francisco. Um, That's why it came to mind. But it has that, you know, kind of thing where eventually we're going to have to take down this guy. At some point, Mm -hmm. we're going to be pushed too far and we're going to have to like Mm -hmm. go after this dude. And the last half hour just goes real hard. I feel like just they're trying to call Michael. They can't. Miss Corlin gets the shotgun from somewhere yep. she is you know uh riding around in a wheelchair bob fully armed mm-hmm. fully armed bob yep. shoots out the phone lines the mm-hmm. power lines jennifer and mrs Cortland decide it's best to split up wonderful decision we know that's not gonna go well <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Right. And by and, and Michael, by the time Michael knows what's going on and knows that he needs to get there, he's 30 miles away. So yeah. like you you're buying time at that point, knowing it's gonna take a while for him to get there. And everyone knows, in including uh Bob, that it's gonna take a while. So if yeah. if he's gonna if he's gonna make something of this. He's got to do it now. Well, even if they call the police, which a guy that guy eventually shows up too, the the police officer that came by earlier, but he also takes a sweet time. He might as well be thirty miles away. (laughs) (laughs) Mrs. Cortland, her son, is a police, right? Right. But she hates the police and thinks that they're stupid. Yep. So I'm like, that's interesting. She's like, I wonder if it was a thing where. Where it's only her son. Only my son yeah, he's knows the only that. A police. Mm-hmm. All the other ones are a bunch of dumbs. But her, but not like, my son. disrespectful attitude to them, I, I found kind of hilarious. I mean, it does seem accurate in this film. Yeah. For sure. And, you know, he just goes down to the basement, looks around, and goes, she calls us all the time. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, see you around. Like, he doesn't do anything. And yeah. that's so I, it's so... He's like, oh, yeah, that time when she said a guy was in the house, it's like she was right. He's like, it was a college kid just doing a prank, breaking into an elderly woman's home in the middle of the night. It's like, it's right. still That's- a crime. It's still yeah. a crime. And why shouldn't she be terrified? Right. I like that that guy's like, yes, it, by the spirit of the law, it's a crime. But also by the spirit of the act, it's fun. Right. She just didn't play along. Somebody's an old fuddy-duddy and can't have a good time. I found it Wish I could write a ticket for that. <laughs> 20 hours of community service at your local comedy club. <laughs> Such as Cobb's Comedy Club down in San Francisco. <laughs> so both of them, both uh, Jennifer and Mrs. Cortland, are trying to get Bob. And both of them, they, as you said, they go their separate ways. Mm-hmm. Neither one is ne- is. I mean, there are weapons, but they never seem to have the right weapon at the right time. And there's a lot of, oh yeah, there's a gun. It has bullets, That's, but now it doesn't mm-hmm. have bullets. But now I got a handful of bullets, but I don't know which gun it goes into. So there, it, it, I, I mean, it certainly adds to the tension. It also kind of shows that you need to have good firearm management in your home. Yeah, you need to know <laughs> where the guns are, where is the the right ammunition, and have it all in a safe place. So. Just let this be a lesson to everybody. Don't just leave a handful of bullets lying in a drawer somewhere. You don't know where that could go. <laughs> label them. Put, get out a Sharpie and label them. That helps. Yeah, right. Just, just a little right masking there, like, tape around the back. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. A little mm-hmm. masking tape. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or painter's tape if that's what you have yes. available to you at the time. <laughs> Just put the little masking tape and you can write which bullets it takes. Right. Yes. Right. Longies. And, shrimps. <laughs> shorts. Short rounds. Yeah. Hand me some bullets. Which one? The longies. Okay. Oh, God. Yeah. Jeez. All I no, they, you gave me a shorty short. I want a longie. 
It no one uses calibers like, anymore. Yeah, they, no, you got to no. give them nicknames. You give yeah. your bu- give yes. your ammo nicknames. Mm-hmm. Hey, when she's you're putting bullets in a drawer, you don't know what caliber these things are. <laughs> right. She right. was struggling with the keys. You think she's gonna she's gonna be labeling the <laughs> right. various bullets? She had a drawer of keys. Also, when you lock yourself into a room, <clears throat> and if it's a older and you're using older hardware that requires a key. Pull the key out of the lock. Oh, you don't need yeah. to keep the key in the lock. Mm-hmm. You can pull it out and it'll stay locked. I love Just, that her home yeah. also still could use skeleton keys as well <laughs> right. as regular. She has regular right. keys and skeleton keys just mm-hmm. in the house that she could use. <laughs> mm-hmm. But thin ass windows. The and thinnest. an intercom system. And an intercom system. It was like a real mixture of like yeah. the olden times and today. Yep. Yeah. Right, and at one point right. when they do show her looking out the window, there is an ADT sticker. Yes, but oh. like an alarm never goes off. No, no. no. When well, a lot of people just put the out. stickers in the window as a deterrent, but they don't oh. buy the system. Well, you can use the intercom system to call the company, but it depends if they are in range of the intercom system. That's <laughs> you, oh my you God. actually need an ADT person in a van in your driveway. Right. And if that happens, but if they're there, it's a very good system. <laughs> and he just gets yeah. on his very elaborate phone, <laughs> calls for help on your it's behalf. Caught in a golden web. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. The cop just never had a chance. Also, what a dumb dumb he is getting out of that poor car. Oh. And he's just I, looking yeah, up right. the window like, hey, like he's not aware of his environment. Not at all. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever they are in the Bay Area, the, it's a real indictment of their police force there. Yeah. That's not good. That's yeah. why she doesn't trust anybody. She's like, my son's back in San Francisco. He's the only good cop around. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. right. These, it's not the same department. How could I forget yeah. that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is uh, the local yokels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Or in this case, just local yokel. Yes. Yeah, one. There's always <laughs> one guy. There's just one. Yeah, because nobody else wants to bother. Barry, the old lady's got another call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> because she's Michael's mother, I'll go. Mm-hmm. There's nothing going on at the arcade. I thought for sure some stuff was going to go down tonight, but I guess not. Let me finish my Ghirardelli's and then I'll be right out there. <laughs> my Ghirardelli soup and a bread bowl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny! Yeah, um, but he uh, he 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 gets the axe. That poor cop, and um, like not that he gets fired. Everybody, he doesn't get fired. Like it's, no, it yeah, is the more get, literal way. Honestly, that he Ryan does though. In many, yeah, in a sense, he does get, does get fired. He, yeah, he was he relieved does. of his duty. That's for sure. But very true. Very true. Uh, and uh, and we do end up with a big conclusion to this story. Um, a, a, a like any th- good thriller, we have, and I don't want to say any more because it's very I don't wanna... difficult to talk about the exciting right? ending. It is tough. Yeah. It is tough. We're trying to talk about a few details, but we don't want to spoil anything. And there's another big twist that we haven't talked about because we've danced around it because we just don't want to spoil. The other part of this movie that I think was so effective. Yeah. It was and great. I I, mm-hmm. I was totally surprised by it. And I Me loved too. it. Yeah. 
I loved it as well. I also loved it. Oh my gosh, is this the time for us to speak about things we all loved and things we all hated? <laughs> That's right. We're going to talk about the things we loved and the things we hated about Torment. Mark, what is something you loved? I loved Bob through the entire movie. And mm-hmm. the his character, first of all, to have someone that is a, a, a psychopathic killer but basically it looks like your high school chemistry teacher Yeah, is incredible. Like, you know, he doesn't have the typical insane look or he doesn't look, you know, like, like someone that's, that's crazy until he opens his mouth. Then it's, he's absolutely crazy. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. Right, 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 right. But to have basically but just I'm listening. a, <laughs> but to basically have just sort of a middle aged, somewhat nerdy guy mm-hmm. as, the the killer through in this movie is I I haven't I don't know that I can remember another movie that does that and I just found it to be so interesting. Slumber Party Massacre does, but he he's certainly he's a middle he's at least a middle aged killer. Yeah, but he look he's also like has a real crazy look to him. This guy, w- w- when you know, he's just a, without, a big a big middle aged dude with a chip on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. He's it's like, a he, big I, chip. It makes, it's, oh, it's a very <laughs> <laughs> almost Golden State killerish. Um, but he is like I found him to be more terrifying because he was, mm-hmm. as you were saying, Mark, just such a like he's just a middle aged regular guy. Right, it made him yeah. scarier to me. May, absolutely. Oh, totally. Calling into radio shows, talking <laughs> crazy. He starts having these flashbacks. Later in the movie, yeah, that yeah. I, I mean, this guy is very unstable. But if you saw him walking down the street, you'd think nothing of it. Sure, yeah, mm-hmm. that is the power of Gary Oldman's performance. I agree. <laughs> I mean, that it's he used some real Oldman balls, yep. <laughs> yeah, to put this performance together. He always does. Tinker Taylor <laughs> Soldier Bob. <laughs> He's amazing. Gene, <laughs> what did you love about this movie? Uh, well, I loved Eve, Brent, the Mrs. Mm-hmm. Cortland mm-hmm. character. Yes. yes. So mm-hmm. much. And I loved mm-hmm. how she, like, you're on her side, although in the beginning, you know, we are led to, like, believe, like, Jenny, that she's just a pain in the ass and everything. But She's like, I'm terrified. There's someone in the house. You go down to the cellar. (laughs) Telling her future daughter-in-law she just met, like, I mean, it does make sense. She's elderly and handicapped. But, like, how about we just call the police? How about neither one of us goes down to the cellar with Mm -hmm. a little Mm -hmm. flashlight? (laughs) Right. Yeah. It it seemed a little oblivious to possible harm to others. Instead, she sends both the police and her future daughter-in-law down into the cellar. Yeah. Yeah. I called the police. Now you escort him to the cellar. I need you both down there. I did love her. And like what we already discussed, her house, the big yeah. phones. There's also an, an, mm-hmm. the like gilded cage phone. But then there's like a big green one mm-hmm. with a big yeah. plastic mm-hmm. base. Mm-hmm. Um, there, mm-hmm. It was... A fascinating tour into that elderly woman's home. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Erica, what did you love? I agree with everything you guys have 
have said, I loved all of that as well. I also loved that on the date, whether it be on the date, on the town, um, going over to kill your date, Bob always rocked that trench coat. <laughs> Just rock that trench coat nonstop. Like yeah. it didn't. It just, I love that. There was no special, like, stalker outfit, or I'm going to change into all black. Nope, just going to still rock that long tan trench coat. Until he puts it on, like, a dummy in the cellar, which at some yes. point he does without us seeing it. And mm-hmm. then Jennifer bumps into it and thinks it's him, which he must have done to think, ooh, somebody might think this is someone. Yeah, me too. I didn't think that just that happened that was... to have his exact trench coat. Well, it's a very, con- it's just, yeah, it's not an unusual trench coat. Yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. McGruff the crime dogs. Coat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone had one of those. And we were all trying to be, uh, we all were trying to achieve that look at that time in the eighties. Yeah. I agree with these as well. Um, I would say that, like we talked, we've talked recently. <laughs> Gene, uh, you, 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 you've listened to a couple of our episodes. Yeah, we talked recently about the fact that we started this podcast watching all the movies with by New World Pictures, and you know, I think when we first started, we were a little bit more. Uh, we were a little harsher, maybe sometimes in our mm-hmm. views, mm-hmm. and we've gotten a little less harsh over the over the over the years. And we've just had a conversation. We were like, are we getting desensitized to these movies and how good they are? Because after all these years, we're starting to like be like, this is pretty great. And I didn't think so, because I think what we are doing is that we're getting better at meeting these movies of where they are and where they're at. This is clearly a low budget film. But I think what they do with a low budget is really, really great. I think that Stephen Carpenter shoots the hell out of this movie. I think mm-hmm, mm-hmm. David Newman, who also wrote the scores for Heather's and Meet the Applegates, he writes a really effective Hitchcockian score that goes along with this. As we talked about, the acting is really, really good. Yeah. I was like, this is why we do this podcast, is to find little movies like this. We get to, you know, kind of say, hey, this is underseen. This probably yes. deserves a wider audience. Probably, you know, it didn't do badly in 86, but it probably deserved a bigger audience then. It deserves a bigger audience now. This is actually actually a pretty damn good film. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's, you know, I don't know if that's what we were always thinking when we started the podcast, but I'm really glad that we have this movie to be like, I didn't expect this one Mm -hmm. or expect me to like this one as much as I did. I really didn't. There's a couple things I really liked about it. So since we're on the on the subject, I love that this movie is about people who enjoy naps. <laughs> and they're such a part of life that one woman is told to take a nap. Yeah, an adult woman. You need to nap <laughs> before dinner. God, I wish somebody would force that on me. Go nap before dinner. I'd be like, oh my god, I'm on my way. <laughs> There's also, this is a small thing. There's a shot of Bob when he's in the backyard and Mrs. Cortland has turned on all these oh, the, lights. Yeah. Mm-hmm, and he's mm-hmm. been shot in the shoulder. And there's a shot where he stands up in the backyard. It's all dark. And then you can see one of the floodlights. And he steps, he stands up into it. And he just sort of like looks out and breathes. And you can see his breath in the air. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, 
he's not even saying anything or like emitting a sound, but he just has this vacant, weird look. And I just, he just looks like a guy who's like losing it and he's shot and he's angry and he wants to murder everyone. And you're like, it just was like, holy shit, what a great shot mm-hmm. that yeah. they just, yeah. that, you know, they're just grabbing as cool the shots as they can in this mostly single location with very limited resources. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy shit, well done. I think it was totally satisfying. Like, I'm going to, like, yeah. recommend it and loan my uh, Blu-ray to people yeah. if I can convince them to watch it. Like, I, th- I think it's totally worth watching. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. agree. Let's switch to things we hated. Mark, what is something you hated? Um, It, it annoyed me that M- Michael is or we're led to believe that Michael's this really great detective police officer. But when shit's going down at his mom's house, mm-hmm. he's not very resourceful. No. His answer is let's get in the car and drive 30 miles. Not which you would do, of course, but not maybe we'll call some other police in other precincts and yes. send them over there. Yeah. Or maybe we can call a neighbor or a friend or someone. It's the house he grew up in. Call some people and send them over to the fucking house. Yeah. But he's just like, I, this is all me. I'm getting in the car. That's how we solve this. Like mm-hmm. He's very myopic in the way he solves crimes. But does, don't I you just, think, does, doesn't he know, though, that there's only one deputy in town and he's worthless? <laughs> But there I mean, are neighbors. There are other police. Uh, he this, this person had, was this person watch. was on TV. That's right. There's he could have called anyone. He's, yeah. it's you just mean, true. If he grew up there, he does know people. <laughs> right. sure. Did he piss off mom? everybody? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you could have found other ways to solve this problem. That being said, had he been resourceful, it would have. You wouldn't have the tension of the last 20 minutes of the movie. So it's kind of necessary that he's like a really great detective, but also a really shitty son. (laughs) Yes. Also, like, I'm bummed that we never got to see his room. Because you know he has a room there. You know? Let's see Michael's room. Let's see little Michael's room. Was he into baseball? Was he into cowboys and Indians? Was he into sports? Like, you know. He has his toy cop gun sets, yeah. you know, in there what where was he, he was into? pretending to be a cop as a young boy. <laughs> what was he into? He grew into his, a, a What real phone cop. was in his room? You know what I mean? Right? Right. Mm. right. Mm. <laughs> it Michael's first perm set. Yeah. <laughs> he really did have some amazing yeah. permed hair, oh, didn't his he? hair. The wind mm. did him no favors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That wind was yeah. Yeah. unforgivable it's on this hair. It's a tough city. Yeah. That's a tough beat for that hair. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> uh, Gene, oh. what is something you hated? Well, hated is a strong word. Sure, um, sure. But Just the terminology we use. Love I, I, hate, but, you know, uh, yeah. It irked me. Yeah. That oh, in, sure. I think. Things you, things you, that irked you. That's what yes, we should call it. Uh, <laughs> That in two scenes, and I, I know one of them was when Jenny is uh, in the bed in the Cortland, Cortland Manor. Um, and, but I also think I noticed it in the scene where his uh, ill-fated date went, where she and the man who stole his romantic mm-hmm. interest away from Bob, like in that mm-hmm. bed, in both the beds, but especially in the Cortland one, 
that's like a fancy house. It seems like they have money and it's just totally mismatched bed linens. <laughs> it's like, like the two pillowcases don't even match and neither of those match the sheet. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I don't think they did it like that in 1986. I don't think that was the style. Yeah. I think it's just a weird choice or something they didn't think matter. It's like, oh, we forgot to get this. Everyone, bring one of your pillowcases in <laughs> and we'll just mix them all together. Um, I just, wow. I, for some reason, I noticed it and I wrote it down in my notes that it bothered yeah. me. Mm. Yeah. No. That, I, That's yeah. a great call out. Mm. Yeah. Your, your department of annoyance there is normally Mark's department. So oh. I think like... Yeah. yeah. Oh, speaking of... Well, I should wait till we all say what we hated or were irked by but i no no no, go ahead well i did i mean i listened to the talking walls episode so i had a question i want to know if mark had a critique of the type of acts that was used in the here's johnny moment Mm. uh i didn't have a critique of the acts i had a critique of the uh very thin uh wall material or door material (laughs) You don't need an axe to break through that door. And he should have known with the first swing, like, oh, I can put this down and I can get something smaller, like maybe a, a kitchen knife or my fist. And I can go right through this door. I just think, you know, you're overdoing it. At that point, you're just showing off. Yeah. Because yeah. you don't, then you wouldn't expend, you don't expend as much energy with that big, mm-hmm. heavy axe. Exactly. Oh, right. Exactly. You could you could also hurt yourself. You're getting it sharpened so that you can take down a deputy with a single blow to the back. <laughs> I think that had already happened though, right? Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, oh, yes. maybe yeah. it sharpened it. Yes, it sharpened it on its on its spine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> really honed it. Yeah, that's that. Uh, oh that's, man, uh, if you get it right between T five and T six, <laughs> oh. you can cut down oh, at least man. three trees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sharpest part of the human spine. That'll mm-hmm. cut through. A, that'll cut through a cotton ball. <laughs> Erica, what's something you hated? I don't think I hated anything. Yeah, really it's don't. a tough one. This uh, one, yeah. this one was a tough Nothing one. Nothing bothered me. I think it's a great length. You know, yeah. it was. Yeah, it just moves right along. It really it it keeps going. Um, yeah, I I don't think I hated anything. At all, really, okay. If I'm honest, I I had one little moment that irked me too, and uh, you know I watched this a couple times, and I it, it just every time I kind of was like, oh yeah, that's right, this this is weird, and that's when Bob is outside and he breaks through the glass door with his hands, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he grabs Mrs. Cortland's hands, but he can't pull her hands through the broken glass, like. He grabs her wrists. And he's right. trying to pull her through, but he can't. And eventually, yeah. she bites his hand. He's like, "Ah!" And I'm like, "You, you can't." It's you. I mean, and again, it's not a huge issue or anything. But I just thought, like, why can't he just pull her hands through? Like, I think if you can burst through glass, if you're okay with like punching through glass and grabbing hands, you should be able to pull her. I mean, how strong is she? You know. But, you know, that's my only tiny annoyance. And I wasn't even annoyed when Mrs. Cortland suddenly put up tons of floodlights in her backyard and <laughs> strolled out with a shotgun. I That didn't even bother. I was like, hell yes. So I don't know. There wasn't a lot that annoyed me. I, that's one tiny, tiny moment. That I just I, felt like he was 
he was on purpose not pulling her hands through, like to scare her, to show her, like if I pull your hands through, it's gonna slice your wrists. He could have sliced his own wrists. I thought it was. I just... think it was more of like a power thing of like, ooh, we're, you know, dangling over all this broken glass. I thought he was maybe gonna try and you know cut her hand a little bit because she cut his hand. That's what know? I thought. I thought yeah. he was gonna try yeah. to cut her wrists on that, but then yeah. you're right. It was a weird like <laughs> moment. It didn't seem like much of a tug of war. It was like. Oh, what do we do now? <laughs> and I wonder, it almost seemed like it was actually quite sharp and they were being careful. Yeah. Like, oh, wow. Like you did it yes. and they were like, okay, Ooh, yeah. struggle. Yeah, don't they, don't get I mean, our like, hands cl- close. It's clearly not CGI. So right, it right, is right. some sort of You're broken right. glass. If it's like, sh- even if it's sugar glass, it could be sharp enough that it would cut mm-hmm. their hands. Mm-hmm. So perhaps yeah. it was that. Just yeah, perhaps. Actually, you know, actual danger. Uh, all right, let's guess. go. Let's go to our favorite scene. Mark, what was your favorite scene? My favorite scene is when Eve has to get out of her wheelchair and go down the stairs. Now I know that, that <laughs> I, I know that, that that sounds ridiculous, but <clears throat> a lot of movies where someone is in a wheelchair and they can't they can't go anywhere, and they're you know mm-hmm. they've lost all faculties of their lower extremities. And suddenly they have to get up because of a tense situation and can walk pretty much like anyone else, maybe a little mm-hmm. slower, but she gets up and walks down the stairs and they do an incredible job of showing how careful she is with each step. At one point, her ankle kind of oh, rolls over that ankle and she has to stop and oh, roll it back is, slowly. Yeah. And that one and was, I thought you that felt was that you could feel that so one. well. Yeah. You could feel, yeah. you could feel the pain of that moment, but you could also feel that she truly is not stable enough to be walking down the stairs. And this is, she's taking a real leap herself to to try and do this, mm-hmm. which I just don't think, there are so many big budget movies that don't handle those scenes with that much care. Yeah. yeah. Good yeah. point. Yeah. 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 Very true. Gene, your favorite uh, scene. Out of many that I could select, I have to just go with this very simple, very terrifying rendition of good ship lollipop mm-hmm. that bob gives into the intercom mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. <laughs> it was it was quite a moment yeah i was like what like yeah i mean i went into a little rabbit hole but why that song but it was yeah. still like it was uh creepy and it was like it made you realize like oh he's just jumped up several levels in insanity <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah it was yeah Oh no! I just thought that was a very good touch, and the story you told about why he chose that song. Yeah, the actor doesn't, chose it. It's amazing, but it also doesn't make you. Then you go, oh, but oh, uh, oh, yeah, that was a meaningful song to your life, and it's so creepy <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, Erica, your favorite scene. Oh, I I loved um, floodlights and rolling out with a shotgun. Yeah, that was absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My favorite scene. Yeah. Uh, that's that's down. that's, that's, that's my yeah. It was great just scene. so fun. You you kind of walked yeah. through it earlier, so yeah. I won't go into it. But, but yeah, yeah, when she rolls so out and, and that and has the shotgun mm-hmm. and has all those lights on, it's just mm-hmm. you're just like Mrs. Cortland. This is not the Mrs. Cortland I thought I was yeah. gonna end up with when this movie started and yeah. I first met Mrs. Cortland. I thought it was like yikes. Mm-hmm. 
this old, you know, this old lady who helps her son solve crimes in San Francisco. <laughs> I don't know. And like, yeah, it's such a badass end to her. I, I, I love that scene. Is that yeah. the scene where she yells at him like, you want to play chicken? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So good. Yeah. yeah. It's like she really went from terrified old lady, don't turn, don't turn off the lights. Um, <laughs> yes, to like, exactly. you want to play chicken? Like she totally rose to hero yes. status. Yeah. Yeah. She stabs him in the leg. Oh, that she one like, she's crawling know? on the ground. That was Oh awesome. my God. That was yeah. another favorite scene she of mine. She becomes right. such a badass in this. Yeah. It's great. And if Michael had called their, her neighbors, they would have been so impressed with her. Yeah. Right. Yes. Maybe he did and said, hey, uh, guys, could you go set up those floodlights in the backyard <laughs> real quick for my mom? Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, Michael. All right. Oh, shit. Let's get out the extension cords. Mm-hmm. Those C stands. Let's get them going. All right. Uh, let's go on to final questions. These are our final questions for Torment. In the beginning of the movie, and we've talked about this, Bob thinks he's on a date with a co-worker. Where does he work? Ooh. <laughs> hmm. There, yeah, I don't know. There's no hint of that. Yeah. She says, see you tomorrow, Robert. I'm like, oh. Yes. See him where? Yeah. I oh, know. I wish we knew. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, make anyone make a guess? I'm going to say a temp agency. (laughs) He doesn't do the temp work. He helps people find temp work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, he's working for the temp agency. Because you have to be insane to want to do that job. (laughs) Yeah. It's so difficult getting people work. Gene, do you want to hazard a guess? Uh, Just based on my own experience of jobs when I was a teenager, I would say he has a lot of the earmarks of a low-end restaurant manager that is staffed by teenagers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like just permanently yeah. angry yes. and like, yes. oh, yes, you're ruining yep. my life and my business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Good call. <laughs> yes, you don't see two people in a four top. <laughs> it's a waste of space. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mrs. Cortland likes a light on at night while she sleeps, as we were discussing. Do you guys have any particular bedtime requirements? <laughs> oh, I do. Yeah, Gene. Um, please, please. I <laughs> developed this. Ha- I have like tinnitus. And uh, I developed this habit of uh, putting on certain YouTube channel, YouTube music channels, playing them through a speaker. That's all like frequencies, like 432 hertz. It's like a healing sleep frequency. So it's just kind of like, you know, it's not songs. It's, you know, atmospheric. Um, Sometimes like, and sometimes I do the lucid dreaming ones. Mm-hmm. I have no mm-hmm. evidence yet of them working, but um, <laughs> it's just like a, this background, like tonal atmosphere. Sure. Oh, nice. And uh, now I can't sleep unless I have that playing. <laughs> hmm. You guys, you, you and Mark, uh, Erica should, should, should think of that for you guys' YouTube channel when you guys are doing your, <laughs> <laughs> we'll add it. Thanks. Your home repairs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll add that to it. Mm-hmm. Thank Winding you. down from home repairs. 
With you, your Mark and Erica, you meant. make those low frequency sounds. You guys doing it? Relax and go to sleep <laughs> for like twelve minutes. Twelve, <laughs> twenty, twenty-five minutes of that repeating, but uh, not in a, not in a, a sampled loop. You have to actually physically do it. It's the yeah. only way to get the right uh, frequency. Yeah, no problem. I would say my only bedtime requirements are that the sheet is not tucked in. At the yep. bottom, sure. I cannot stand a tucked sheet. I don't. I don't like a foot prison when I'm trying to go to sleep. <laughs> and I and I do. So it's and real. Ryan yeah. does. Yeah. So it's very. Yeah. It's a yeah. challenge. It's a challenge. For and sure. I don't like to sleep with socks on. Yep. Cotton shackles, and I. Just oh yeah, don't no, like no, it. no, 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 no. Again, don't like a foot prison while I'm asleep. Mm-hmm. Like yep. these feet to just totally go agree. free. Yeah. That's Mark. Totally I need to have a tucked in sheet at the end of the bed. Otherwise, mm. I can't sleep. Even though I will always put a foot out, I, was I like say, to have the I knew option. You, I, knew that was <laughs> I need to have the option yeah. there. But what I think what I think helps me is right as I go to sleep, I like to fill my brain with as much worry and rage as possible so that I can just lay there and think about all that stuff as I try to drift off into sleep. May I recommend a 528 hertz recording? <laughs> Much like Erica and Mark's YouTube channel, though, Gene, does anyone show up during the middle of that YouTube goes, Hey, everybody, hope you're liking the Hurts. Don't forget to smash Don't that like button. The- <laughs> smash that like button. Make sure you subscribe. No, that's why I pay for YouTube whatever. Oh, okay. oh, because they, oh, sometimes they, do have, they used to have ads in the middle. Yeah, oh, yeah, that. no. And no, that's, I can't that. have that. <clears throat> Unless they're at Ryan. the right frequency, but other than right? that. Right? <laughs> and Ryan, what, what what's your ritual? Um, I, my ritual, well, I need to watch something before I go to sleep. Okay. I, I, if we are out here and we watched a movie and we're like, okay, or a TV show or something, we're like, it's time to go to bed. I'll go into the bedroom and I'll lay down and I have to turn on the TV again to watch something to fall asleep to. I just can't, I can't just like lay down and go, it's bedtime now. Good night. And just, and to be very clear, it's not like, oh, I'll put on this chill, relaxing movie. It's literally anything, (laughs) Mm -hmm. anything. Oh, yeah. So it can be like, yep, uh, shoot 'em ups, yep, action movie, sure, machine guns, horror movie, hee haw. Yeah, literally anything. Oh, you know, I love my hee haw reruns. (laughs) Literally anything. (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, do you think Mrs. Cortland, we talked about this, we talked a little bit about this. Do you think Mrs. Cortland really asked Jennifer to check the cellar? Or conversely, is Jennifer a big dum dum with a terrible short term memory? I don't, wait. Uh, what do you mean? I mean, there's a scene. Because so, she, she says, Did you check the cellar? And she says, Yeah, well, you never asked me to. And she says, I asked you to check the cellar. Did she really ask her to check the cellar? Oh, yeah, I thought that was weird on the first night. It makes sense in the context of what happens later, but like mm-hmm. it's Jenny's first time in the house and she's going yeah. around like she owns the place and like, like, well, shut this light off in this room, shut this off. Like she knows where all the lights are to shut things off. And I was like, but maybe there, maybe there had been a previous discussion or maybe Helen left it in a note. Helen, the housekeeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a good point. I kind of thought that this was an attempt to, again, kind of uh, set up that, Maybe Mrs. Cortland isn't doesn't have all her faculties. 
Because mm-hmm. mm, it's still early on there, and we're still in this like, is she crazy yeah. or is she not? Right, did right, she ask or did right. She not? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Okay. Because I just, I, think, I didn't like, think about if, it, guys. This question is you had dumb. To think about, yeah. Don't ever think it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about that once until now, and honestly, I'm not even thinking about it now. So. I didn't even like a, even when I thought about it, I wasn't thinking about it. That's right. That's right. It's a real Siskel comment. Yeah, classic you're Siskel. Real, you're a real Siskel. <laughs> Well, I think she just never told her about this yeller. <laughs> oh, gee. Get out of here, Shallot. <laughs> oh, these are. Can I take this bowl of peanuts? <laughs> oh, yeah. Take the snacks, Gene. My lord. Um, <laughs> before Bob attacks Mrs. Cortland the first time, Jennifer borrows the car and leaves the house. Where did she go? Out to breakfast. Because <laughs> she doesn't she's come gone, back like, till the day. evening. Yeah. I know, but she said she's like, I'm going to go get breakfast. And Mrs. Cortland's like, you'll have to make it yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then she and goes she leaves for the day. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know... Now that I'm thinking about it, that's very San Francisco. It wasn't a breakfast; it was an all-day brunch. And that actually makes <laughs> right. a lot of sense for San Francisco. That actually plus parking. I mean, trying oh, yeah. to find a place you to park. You circled the block yeah. so many times. Yeah. Yeah. Rough. Yeah. And then you're like, forget the mission. I'm going to North Beach. That didn't solve my problem. It wasn't me. I'm an idiot. Back to the mission. Wait a minute. Parking's not any better. Um, speaking of being gone for a while, Michael was off uh, doing this case because there was some piece of evidence showed up and he doesn't ever come back. What was he doing with the case that whole time? I don't think he was working on that case, you guys. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think he was, he was down there wh- getting a Ghirardelli's. <laughs> or Ghirardelli's. Gear- How do you say it? I'm sure I'm saying it Ghirardelli's. wrong. Ghirardelli's. Ghirardelli's. I don't know. Who knows? He was. <laughs> he was getting he was one of those red bulls and yeah. just like. Taking one of those days to be like, I'm going to be a tourist in my own town. Yeah. So That's like, right. Went to the top of Coit Tower and yeah. just walked around the city and took a tour of Alcatraz yeah. and right, rode the point, trolley. Point Don't you feel like all the places in San Francisco just sound like dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> I will now. <laughs> yeah. I have no choice but to think of it that way now. <laughs> Uh, the short answer to your question is no, but uh, <laughs> next time we go visit, I'm going to be like, well, do you want to go to, dun, 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 dun? <laughs> I mean, we're here in San Francisco. Uh, let's go. Let's see it. Might as well visit the, dun, dun, dun. let's go hit it. <laughs> um, oh. There are some scenes of violence in this, but Mark. Well, now you tell us. And so, <laughs> yeah, Listeners, did not warn you in advance. There are some scenes of violence. But Mark, um, I this this is a question for you. I just I wondered how difficult was it for you to see the scene of the beat up Mercedes? Um, it 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 was it wasn't easy. I but it looked <laughs> like they did. It looked like they had a different car because the way like the front grill was messed up it didn't seem to match so Mm. it didn't look like they beat up the car so i was able to kind of 
put my anguish of a of a beaten up Mercedes to the side and be like, this is filmmaking. They didn't actually destroy the car. It's another car. We're okay. All right. Well, I knew it would be difficult for you guys. All right. Let's get into some research. Released April 18th, 1986, following in the New World release schedule, following Star Crystal. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> How funny. Uh, uh, without spoiling, two movies that have a real twist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> two movies definitely have a twist. And this is before No Retreat, No Surrender. We've covered both that movie and Star Crystal, so check out those episodes. And then following No Retreat, No Surrender is Jake Speed, mm. which we have not covered yet because we're waiting on the original speedhead, Daniel Waters, to join us for that episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, I finally found an interview with director, writer, producer Sam Eslanian, uh, who explained to Video Addicts a few years ago, um, how the story came together. He says, quote, John Hopkins and I went on a walk and we talked about the old Alfred Hitchcock's Presents television show. John remembered this one where there was a killer loose after a nurse and they lock up the house and they realize he is in the house. We kind of mm. looked at that, took that and riffed on it. Literally the torment you see, we came up with in about 45 minutes. Wow. Oh. Wow. Wow. Nice job. As for the visual look of the movie, Aslanian said he and Hopkins were influenced by 1967's Wait Until Dark, which starred uh, Audrey Hepburn, and 1971's See No Evil with Mia Farrow for what he what he called a put-upon women in large houses subgenre template. So they were sort of... <laughs> I haven't seen those, so but ones to check out. This I talked about how they raised their own money. They That's how they funded this movie. They raised it themselves. John Hopkins put in a bunch of money. As Lonnie and Gate got money from his family, and then he had parties at his uh, parents' house where they invite people, and then uh, they would sell five hundred dollars shares in the film in order to raise the initial money, which was a hundred thousand dollars. But they ultimately spent a hundred and sixty thousand dollars on this movie. Hmm. Wow, which is not Where'd a lot. Get that, that extra yeah. sixty though, that's a. I mean, that's a sixty percent overage right there. Yeah. So. Well, they, they shot it like in about 10 days an initial shoot. And then they had to like keep going back and do a little bit of reshoots. And then they would like shoot it again later on because I think they started shooting this in 84. So oh, wow. they were obviously were raising, I think probably raising other money. And so that also meant that Willie Witz had to keep that haircut there for like, <laughs> he had to keep that for a couple years or he was just dedicated to that haircut. It's fine. <laughs> Gary Oldman did not work. Uh, yeah, except for he this was movie. like, I cannot take any roles. Yeah. I'm getting ready to get back into my Willie Wits uh, persona, That's right. and then play a character through that persona. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's how they also kept those costs down, and part part of it was is that they got the camera for free. Oh, so wow. as said that he uh, he said, "quote I actually asked for a meeting with the president of Panavision." And they gave it to me. I, I went in and said, I'd like to use a Panaflex for this movie I'm doing on 35 millimeter. He took out a pencil and said, so how much are you willing to spend? And I said, nothing. I've got nothing. I'm asking you to donate it. He laughed and goes, you have a lot of balls. Oldman balls. <laughs> I'm sure he, I'm sure is how he phrased it. <laughs> and he said, whenever you, whenever you, whatever you need, just call in. So he let us use the Panaflex for free. Wow. Wow. I love that story. That's Sometimes amazing. all you have to do is just ask. Yeah. Yes. 
Uh, I think he followed it with saying there's a little bit of like being young and at that time and probably the guy just said, look at this young kid wants to make a movie. What the hell? Wow. Uh, New so World Bot. So you're saying it wouldn't work for me now. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. No. We're, <laughs> okay. okay. No, Got we're, it. Got we're, it. We're, we're, we're all Bobs in this. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> Bob was Whatever. right. Yeah. <laughs> I do uh, feel marginalized. I'm absolutely Helen. All right. So just get it right. <laughs> Helen. Absolutely. Helen. Helen yeah. the housekeeper. Just showing up for work and getting murdered. <laughs> um, New World bought this movie, by the way, for $400,000, which was a nice little bit of profit there. The, the movie being sold to New World, being repped by Jeff Dowd, a.k.a. The Dude, meaning the dude mm-hmm. that uh, the Coen brothers wow. based The Big Lebowski on. He was also repping Blood Simple, which David Simpkins, remember mm-hmm. uh, him telling us when we interviewed him, that they screened Blood Simple at New World, but they decided not mm-hmm. to release it. So he must have had them watch this watch Blood Simple, and they went with this and not Blood Simple, because I have to imagine Blood Simple was not $400,000 to purchase. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I love Blood Simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, me too. Yeah, me too. One. That's definitely a nearly New World episode in the waiting. Wow. Um, uh, new, new New World released this in theaters to mostly good reviews, though Aslanian says that audiences were a little disappointed the film wasn't gorier or didn't have a wilder ending. Was that a problem for you guys? No. Not for me. No. And I was grateful. I had a little fear that after the ending, there was going to be a, you know, in the future, uh, like a happy, mm-hmm. like them driving up the coast after their wedding or something. Like, oh, I okay. feared that it was going to go to, don't worry, things are great now. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I was very happy that that did not happen. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't think it was a big problem either, though. Mark, did you want a little bit more gore? I kind of, you know, I thought like the early I, kills. I, I, would, I always appreciate a little bit more gore. And there was a a, a hint of Gialli in this movie and, and or Giallo. And I, I, I would have liked a, like a little bit more gore. But it yeah. was fine that it, it wasn't there. It, it yeah. wasn't like it, it, it. The movie didn't suffer because of it. I just always kind of liked. You know, a, a, a real good stabbing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but like you know, it it was a '90s thriller put out in in the slasher era, so I can understand yeah. the audience is being a little put off. Uh, New World War, War War at four point, War War at four point, point tower. War War. <laughs> New World released this, uh, as I said, um, in theaters. They released it to good reviews. The LA Times review said, Torment is an ingenious little suspense thriller that deftly upturns the cliches of the lady in distress genre. Mm. Oh. Nailed it, I LA like Times. That. Totally like nailed it. job. Yeah. They also compared it to a Blood Simple as well in that review, which is ironic. All right. Uh, all right. <laughs> Because <laughs> like okay, enough. Jesus Christ, God, we get it. You know, there is a little bit of a through line in terms of character types of the M. Emmett Walsh character in Blood Simple. M. Emmett, the <laughs> the look of that look to the look of William Witt in this movie. Yeah, sure, yeah. You know, sure. Large, yeah. <laughs> uh, normal looking figure. dude. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, by the way, New World, um, we didn't want to step on the twist, but New World did because they released, they <laughs> stomped put, on the twist because they put the twist in <laughs> the tra- it from the mountaintop in the trailer and also on the VHS box on the what? back of the oh box. Oh my god! And so if you are in the video store and say, well, let's see what this really? torment's all about, let's read the plot synopsis. You'll yeah. learn the twist. So don't do it. Dang. Um, well, I mean. As we've covered many times over on this podcast, New World Pictures was not known for making great decisions. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, not a great, mar- not a great marketing decision, that's for sure. No, um, I also wondered after this, I was like, why didn't Aslanian and Hopkins like work on more movies? So mm-hmm. it turns out, on uh, after doing Torment, that landed them an interview to direct Psycho Three at Universal, but Ooh. they turned down the interview. Because they're like, nah, we want to work on our own script. Which, as Lonnie says now, like he teaches courses and he's like, I would tell young filmmakers, take the interview. Go do yes. it. Yes. You know, go make Psycho 3, you idiot. Because they ended up developing a movie for, with uh, Warner Brothers for years and never got made. And mm. then they end up Damn. going their their own ways, as Lonnie and Hopkins. Hopkins... Uh, ends up writing scripts. He wrote uh, the script that eventually became Dunstan Checks In. And as Lanian actually turned to directing music videos at a production company called DNA, where he discovered directors Francis Lawrence, who directed Constantine and the Hunger Games sequels, mm. and Mark Webb, who made the two amazing Spider-Man films. <laughs> and then he left, uh, Aslanian that is, left music videos in 2005, and now he's a fine art photographer. Oh, that's what he does. And that's it. That is our research. And that is it for this episode on Torment. Gene Black, thank you so oh, much for joining you. us. Thank Thanks for so inviting much. me thank to do you. this because I'm very happy I saw Torment. Good. I'm so glad. Yes. I'm so glad we all agree. Sincerely. About, yeah. I'm so glad we're all uh, in on Torment. I really mm-hmm. feel like this is this is a movie people should see. Mm-hmm. So go see it because we didn't spoil the twist. Right. And if you listen to this because you knew the movie and we're hoping we would talk about that twist, I'm sorry, but we just, it was such a great moment. It was nearly my favorite scene to say like, yeah. man, that when that yeah. twist happened and I'd watched it and then I watched it with Erica and I just like looked at her when it happened. Cause I was like, Ooh, she doesn't know this is coming. Mm-hmm. I did it's, not. And it's great. It's a great moment. It's a great yeah. film. Um, Gene, can people find you online? Uh, do you want to share your Twitter? Uh, my Twitter or, is just... Or your Instagram or whatever? Ms. Black. Okay. Um, I am an infrequent poster lately, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Uh, that's where I can be found. Only on Twitter or in that spot? I don't really use my other ones very much at all. <laughs> okay. I've very kind good. of let them wither and die. <laughs> Love sure, it. sure. Like like the deputy in a small Bay Area town. Yeah. <laughs> I felt kind of a kinship to that deputy, yes. <laughs> he lets a lot of things go. <laughs> but you know what he probably didn't have to do? He didn't, when he went to bed at night, he didn't have to fill himself with worry and rage <laughs> Mm-hmm. No, he did not. No, I took care of that for him. Sort of just to juice himself up to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm exhausted. 
<laughs> well, thank you, Gene. Thank you for coming on this episode. We loved having you. Um, you're the best. And thank you guys for listening to this episode. If you liked us, please give us a five-star review. You can find all the information you need about us, including our merch, on our website, newworldpicturespodcast.com. And like I said, give us a five-star review. Or if you listen to this on Spotify, you can just go up to right below the name of the podcast and you can click on a star and then you can give us five stars like that. Smash that star. (laughs) 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 And then fall asleep. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, But thank you for listening and we'll see you next time on the New World Pictures Podcast. Bye, everybody. Can I tell you, I should tell you this before we start recording. Well, wait, we already are recording, but you know what I mean. Um, Last night I was like, oh, I want to, I listened to the world, these one. And then I was like, oh, I'm going (laughs) to listen to a couple more. And I listened to the talking walls one. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like relaxed on my couch and I press it. And I thought you were talking to me because it starts off with Gene. Gene, Gene, and I was like, I literally was like, what? What, I, what did I do? What? Like, I totally lost my mind. 